Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Overtime. I just started talking, thinking we went live, but we didn't. So. They couldn't hear you. You're yeah, muted. They couldn't, but that's why Who's probably they? look red, oh. whoever's watching. So oh. anyway, thanks so much for joining us. This is our weekly production where we get to do a little bit deeper dive into red. the weekend message. Do I look red? I always look red, though. <laughs> On Sunday's announcement video, I thought I looked like... I had a lot of rosacea or something. I don't know. Anyway, uh, this is our weekly podcast where we get to do a little bit deeper dive. Thank you for anyone that is joining us online, watching us live, or if you're catching us later via podcast or watching this from our website. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope that you were challenged and encouraged by today's discussion. As always, if you are watching us live, feel free to log into our website, click the, the Watch Live tab, and that'll bring you up where you can actually interact with us. If you've got any questions, you can submit them. We'll try and get to them live or as quickly as we can. Um, but yeah, as always, we want to kind of give you a little bit of a preview before we jump into kind of the content from the weekend. And we want to let you know that Easter is kind of right around the corner. Easter is the first Sunday, April 4th, of this coming um, year of, of what? What am I saying? 2021. Uh, it's 2021. It's the first weekend Do you remember of 2020? April. First weekend of April is actually our, uh, is when Easter is this year. So we're pretty excited for that. And as usual, there are a lot of different things that are happening in and around the church. We want to draw your attention to this Thursday night. So on March 18th, we do a monthly vision video that Josh usually does. This time, I think Molly, Master Polito, and other staff members are going to be joining. Yeah, I'll be the two of us. She'll keep me in line and keep me focused. And and the reason is is because we have a lot going on so that much. we want to talk about. So we've got ah, Easter so much. services. Yeah. We've got Easter. There's kind of three different Easter activities that you can do kind of out and about on our property and in the community. There's stuff for, for a kid zone for Easter. For Good There's Friday and good, communion. There and, is a lot going on. So we really want to encourage you, if you are interested in hearing about the offerings that we have for Easter, join us on March 18th. You can watch us live at 8 p.m. or anytime after that, if you go to our website, clcfamily.church slash vision, you can then watch that on demand. So basically once it's- Vision with two live, Zs. <laughs> no, that's not true at all. Like it's just vision, the the real word vision. No, no special Z's or anything. I mean, we're not in New Jersey. <laughs> if there's any listeners from New Jersey, I'm so sorry. That's this is what we work with. So uh, the 18th will be live at eight o'clock. If you catch us after that, you can just go to clcfamily.church/vision, just spelled normal, and you can catch it on demand there. So. Yeah, there's a lot going on for Easter. Pretty excited for that. Very this, excited. Very this excited. This past weekend, we were in week two of our official scent study guide, or just kind of the shorter version is just our scent series. Um, so it usually we do a recap. So would you like to do a recap of what we talked about this past week? Yeah, but before I get there, make sure you go listen to the sermon. It was only like 44, 45 minutes, and you listen at double speed, 22 minutes, you're done. You know, listen at one and a half speed, 30 minutes, you're in and out. But what I would request is that if you actually go go view the actual service, not just the sermon, even if you're listening to this on podcast, and do me a favor and go to, uh, after the third song, you can listen to songs, or you can go and listen to the, the whole album at our media page. So much good singing from our band that produced a lot of great stuff. But go to the baptism moments where we got to yeah. baptize two beautiful little girls, celebrate God's family, celebrate his covenant. And so I'd love for you to watch that, even pray for those little girls. Um, 
a beautiful part of what we get to do at the church. That's why we're a church family. We're always welcoming new people into God's family, which happens to be what we're really talking about this week. And what stinks is, like, I had all this plan. I, like, I don't usually write my first joke or that kind of stuff. But I had one. I was so excited. But then I got so excited about the baptism, I forgot. I was going to do the joke. So I'm going to give it to you now. Okay. So I stood up on stage. I was going to stand up on stage and go, listen, I'm not supposed to be political. Okay. I'm not supposed to. I can't actually endorse any candidates because we could lose our 501c3. Plus, I'd make, I don't know, depending on which way I go, 30% of you angry or 70%, however, that falls here in Pennsylvania and those things and in our church. But I'm ready to make an official endorsement for the next presidential election already. I'm going to tell you very specifically who you should vote for and who I'm going to vote for. And here's what it is. This is the only thing I care about on the platform. Whoever will make this time change thing go away, oh. I'm telling you, I'm voting for him. I'm voting yeah. for him. That's just the case for me. And so yeah. that's what I was going to say. It would have got more laughter than just that. Yeah, like, probably. Oh, yeah. Uh, but anyway. So it was time change Sunday, which was crazy. It's been the most people on campus in 2021. So, yeah. so fun to see uh, uh, so many people active online and in person, all those things. So keep showing up the way that you're showing up. We love it and are glad that we're in it together. And so, But what we really did kind of focus on this week was this second week of this Scent series, which is actually a preparation for what Jesus is going to do in week six mm -hmm. of the series when he's actually going to send his disciples out. And he basically is going to press this ignition switch, and the movement of this gospel, the movement of this good news, the movement of Jesus' kingdom is going to start taking effect all over the place, and it's going to grow exponentially. It's going to multiply and multiply and multiply over and over again, and so it makes sense if Jesus is about to take his first 12 really committed followers and send them out in pairs of two, we should pay attention to what he does in the preceding weeks or days as he prepares them to go. And so what we've been looking at is what does it look like for Jesus to prepare uh, his disciples to be sent? And as we tell you all the time, uh, Jesus' message in the scriptures is both timeless and timely. would have been timely to the disciples as they are preparing, timeless for us as we prepare as well to be agents of change and bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth. And so what we got to look at this week was... Um, Pretty neat little passage where we are going to see that uh, one of the things that messes up for us is where we get it wrong is we think our activity, the things that we do, determine our identity, but that's not actually how Jesus wired us. It's actually our identity, being in his family, being his children, determined, should determine our activity. And so what we're trying to figure out is how do we actually live in and participate in the kingdom and what we've seen two weeks ago we're going to see again this that we saw this past week and i'm going to talk about today is kind of this four-part approach of how it works and what it tells us in romans is that faith which is how we get to enjoy the kingdom of heaven kingdom of god comes from hearing and hearing comes from the word of christ so we understand there's something really important about the way we hear the sermons, where we hear God's scriptures, where we hear even this right now. There's something about it, and the process is this. You hear about it, right, which is what we're doing. Then you think about it, which is the process of repentance, changing what you think about, changing the way you think, and then you hear about it, you think about it. Talk about the kingdom. You hear about the kingdom of God. You hear about God's salvation. You hear about what it's like to be established in his kingdom. Then you think about it, and you consider it, and consider how great it is compared to the, the kingdoms of this earth, the brokenness, all those different things, right? And then after you hear about it and think about it, something crazy happens. You're actually supposed to speak 
mm-hmm. about it. Speak about it. And we looked at the passage of Romans. It's just so, so amazing that Paul tells us this. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Meaning, you will cross over now and for all eternity into the kingdom of God. You will be saved. You'll be welcomed into that. And the way by which that happens, you see it there, if you confess with your mouth. Right? So what seems strange, what we're kind of looking at and just say, hey, this is really important that you hear and consider and think about. You hear about it, you think about it, you speak about it, and something amazing happens. It actually brings about it. So hear about it, think about it, speak about it, bring about it. And so that's what we get to look at. What does it look like to hear these words, hear these words, and respond to them? Hear these words and respond to them. And so what Jesus is going to do in this passage is he's going to use a couple of pretty neat little metaphors. The first one he uses is light and talks about what it looks like to to have that light illuminate in us and reveal some things in us. And it's the way that we deal with our broken and divided heart is actually light. And there's a right way and a wrong way to receive light. The wrong way is to cover it up, right? To extinguish it, to put it underneath the bed. The right way is actually to let it illuminate first in our life and then for those around us. And then right after that, we saw <laughs> really funny that Jesus's mom and brothers came up and Jesus doesn't even invite them in, doesn't interact with them. And he says something crazy. He goes, my mother and my brothers and my family are those who, says this, here's these words and do them, right? Hear about this, think about it, speak about it, bring about it. And so he's going to go, going into his family. Want your identity to be established in him. Want, want that, want that. What happens first is you hear about it. You hear about it, you think about it, you speak about it, then you bring about it. So he says, hear these words and does them. And so lots to think about there, and we'll work through it uh, again this afternoon together, answering the questions that we have. Yeah, so as we look at this, and I think that we had spent some time over the weekend talking about this, like it looks really scattered. Like when you're looking at Luke chapter or chapter 8, um, it, you go from the parable of the talents, Jesus kind of explaining it, into the light, into the parable, parable of the seed, so yeah, seeds, parable yeah, of yeah, the yeah. sower and the seed, sorry. Um, not talents. That's yeah. a different parable entirely. But as you read through it, it kind of looks like it doesn't quite make sense. What? what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then even after that, he talks about light. And then whatever's hidden. What are you talking about? You're talking about light. Yeah. You know, we'll be revealed. And then he, all of a sudden, there's this interaction about family. And it's like, oh, this. Yeah. It seems like yeah. there's this, like, Jesus Squirrel! ADD. Hey, yeah, right. Jesus. Like, yeah. He's going from one thing to yeah. another that... Is that something that we just see not understanding culture, or is that just something that Jesus did this and his listeners would hear it differently than we do? Uh, what, I guess what is that? Or well, do we just we, not understand? Well, I think um, Jesus kind of tells us this in the first week of this message. He goes, I tell, I tell you these parables because there's some of you you'll hear about it and you yeah. actually think about it, and then you'll speak about it and you'll bring about it. But for a lot of them, it'll just be discounted as, yeah. that's some nonsense, right? And so... What we know about having to hear well from Jesus, all these things about hearing and listening, we talked about last week in our staff meeting, everything about listening has to do with our positioning, yeah. right? So to listen well, you know this, you know this intuitively, like uh, um, you can tell when someone you're talking to is listening to you or waiting right. to talk, right? You can tell if they're on their phone or they're actually engaged and you can actually tell because of their posture and their position. So what I think's happening here, just my guess, because Jesus wants us to listen well, which is really, really hard for us. No one ever taught us to listen. You know, like even when we did listen and ask our parents, well, no, why'd you say that? And they go, because I told you to. Well, I, okay, right? Like we never yeah. really learned to comprehend things and understand it. We may thought with our parents, we just obey it. So we never really got to consider all of this. So we hear about it and we think about it. 
So all that has to do with our posture and our positioning. And so therefore, I think what we're seeing here is some people aren't postured or positioned and they've already contemptuously kind of defined this guy as a nutcase. And, yeah. and then they would have, if you do that, it's called confirmation bias, where you actually read into something that you've already confirmed, right? right? right. So with a confirmation bias, they looked in and go, nah, Jesus doesn't know what he's talking about. Nah, this guy's crazy. See, he just talked about seed, and now he's talking about light, and he's talking about hidden stuff. Then he won't even talk to his brother or mom. <sighs> nothing, I want nothing to do with this guy. So it has everything to do with positioning. Now, those who are positioned going, this is crazy, but if this is the God of the universe, if he is yeah. actually the one who came to usher in the keys of the kingdom, I probably should pay attention to these words yeah. and think about them. Yeah. So really what you have here is kind of a, a, a filter for those who are open to considering Jesus and his kingdom and those okay. who aren't. Okay. So uh, I think that that's important. There's a heavy emphasis here, again, on words, kind of hearing and listening. And then, as you said, putting it into practice and being about it. Yeah. I think that that's significant. And I guess for the second week of the series, you started in the book of Romans. I didn't know if there was anything more. You just kind of covered that in the overview. Didn't know if there was anything more in Romans specifically that you wanted to get to or talk about here at Overtime? No, I think, and I don't know this is what Paul's doing, right? But for me, I find this really helpful in reading these passages right. of going, well, this guy is actually, maybe he means to, maybe it's just the Holy Spirit in me, like working through that. But he really does help us understand a little bit more yeah. of the details of this. Like, what do you mean faith comes from hearing? Like, hearing comes from hearing, not faith comes from hearing. Like, because the way I define faith, maybe not the best definition, but I like it anyway, is uh, it's believing and obeying even when your senses tell you otherwise. So hearing is one of your senses. So yeah, how yeah. does that, how does just hearing it, that doesn't make sense. How does hearing it help you have faith? But Paul tells us faith comes from hearing and hearing comes from the word of God. And so kind of wanted to set up the series last week going, there's something really, really significant that you and I have never really thought about in terms of be careful how you hear, right? Yeah. How you hear really, really matters. And there's very few sermons talking about how we hear. Maybe we talk about how we understand or how we do. But yeah. our understanding and our doing all is preceded by our yeah. hearing. And so it just makes sense that Paul is going to explain that to us. You, Okay, we've got this understanding that we're really going to pay attention for a while before we're sent, before we go on mission, that we make sure we hear the instructions, right? Yeah. It's so important in anything to hear the instructions. And so, okay, how do we do that or why should we do it? And so I just felt it helpful to have Paul in Romans 10 go, hey, knowing his story, knowing that he comes right. face to face with God in a supernatural moment where Jesus goes, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? That is a pretty significant moment where he, in that moment, was not thinking he was persecuting God. Right. He thought he was defending God. Right. Right. And so it's really important that he hears that appropriately. Yeah. And so to have this guy and see him hear about it, think about it, speak about it, which is what he's doing here, and watching it bring about, literally as he's writing this, as he's speaking these words, which is what we're pretty confident he did as he dictated this to someone who was actually writing it. So I do so many complicated run-on sentences and all this stuff where he'll be like in the middle of a sentence and go, well, and then he'll like add another parenthetical phrase. It's overwhelming in the book of Romans. But literally what we're reading here is something he spoke, and now we get to see the Romans read about it, these, this 
church in Rome, read about it and actually bring about it. So we see the evidence of that. And so that's why you've heard over and over again, the way that you become a Christian is if you confess with your mouth. Yeah. And it's going, well, let's actually talk about why that is. Where does this come from? Well, it doesn't start with confessing with your mouth. It starts with hearing these words, right? And so I, I think that's just why I wanted to literally bookend the, the sermon this past week with. Yeah. Um, the word is near you and in your mouth and in your heart. Just going, go so close. you got to hear it. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. So Paul is proclaiming this faith, and other people are hearing it, Right. And so when it says, if you confess with your mouth, that's just speaking and believe in, pay attention to that, your heart in Romans 10, 9, your heart. There's something about this, which makes sense because the week before, God was telling us about the different types of hearts. I was yeah, like, right. oh man, the scriptures are so beautiful. Like when you start to understand them and hear them, it's like, oh, this, this is like this beautiful biblical theology where it yeah, kind of all right. overlays on top of each other. So what Luke is actually capturing in the narrative is what Paul is now going to tell us about how that actually plays out. Right. But again, where we are right now is it's about hearing yeah. this. So be careful how we listen. So, yeah. so uh, as we kind of jump into the text of, of Luke chapter 8, so we really only covered 16 to 21. So we got about it five is a slow <laughs> little jog, a little nice pace. I'm hoping you're enjoying it. So uh, looking at the first uh, two verses, so 16 to 18, um, of course, I just navigated away from the page. So uh, now I can't read it. Um, let's see. Is it here? That's Romans 10. But Okay. So. Yeah, you can get it. I can uh, read it here too. Yeah. If you can read it. Yeah. That. So Luke 8, 16, no one after lighting a lamp covers it up with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Then verse 18, take care then how you hear. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks he has will be taken away. So even in just these three verses, this yeah. like, this little light of mine, you know, right, right, right. which is interesting because the song is really cheesy. But theologically, yeah, we really do get an understanding. Why has God gave <laughs> I, I, I am really proud of myself because I am showing so much restraint. And not singing this song? No, no, stuff I want to cover with. Oh, I got some okay, funny okay. jokes in that song because I just grew up in it. You know, my dad was a music minister. So, but anyway, I digress. So, so. as we look at this, like, I, I guess, should we start? I, I don't know if this is a question. Like, I want to get to the identity part that you talked about. You yeah. know, our, um, where did you write it? Activity determines our identity. But that is not how we should actually mm -hmm. see things. It's our identity that should determine our, our activity. But as we look at this, is there something here that we don't maybe get or understand in our day and culture that they instinctively got as Jesus was talking about light? Specifically, like, is there anything there to dive maybe, into? Maybe, maybe. I don't know there's a lot. I mean, I think it's actually pretty intuitive. You go, yeah. well, what's the purpose of light? Right, right. You don't cut on more lights when you have plenty of light, right? right. So this is just kind of an aside. It's like this is where I think we get it wrong as a church. This is why light matters and why being sent matters. You don't need to bring more light to the light convention. Yeah. There's plenty of light there, but we think our job is to come here and mm. shine our light mm. so brightly. And when every other light's shining... You don't even see your light, right? Yeah, so the purpose right. of light every single time is to dispel darkness. Yeah, yeah. That's the whole 
that's the whole goal is to, is to get rid of the darkness. So where shall we take light? We'll get this. It'll take us four more weeks to get there. And this will be part of the review as we get going this upcoming week so on Sunday. Like where should we take light? Well, obviously we should take it into the darkness because yeah. that's where it has the biggest impact. And so what Jesus is saying here, they would have understood like, yeah, who in the world would yeah. put that torch underneath the bed? So there is like both the practically that doesn't make sense. Now, also, they didn't have fire insurance. Got it? Like, and they were pretty intentional about protecting from fire, right? You even go back and look at our, I mean, our country with the whole purpose but of. When fu- you said fire insurance, yeah. I first thought you were but talking like hell. about yeah, 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 like hell. I'm like, yeah. wait, okay, that, yeah. So, yeah. but like, even you go back 300 years, like when it, when these fire companies are being established, New London yeah. Fire Company, all these or West Grove Fire Company, all these different things, it was because. Fires were a huge mm-hmm. ordeal. Like our church, it burnt down yeah. in the 1700s. It rebuilt in 1850s, right? Well, and what do you think caused that fire? It wasn't electrical outlets. Yeah, yeah. It was because all these things were illuminated yeah. by candles, which is so beautiful and it's so neat and all those different things. So when you think about that, when he would have said, you don't put it underneath the bed, they were like, of course you don't, dummy. <laughs> because that starts fires, right? And so while not worth covering on a Sunday. It's like, yeah. so intuitively, they probably have a better understanding of the, the mm-hmm. role of light than we do because they're like, we got light bulbs, yeah, right? right? But right. for them, it was the purpose of light is to illuminate. Yep. Yeah, so you know what that feels like when the power goes out. Like yeah. you start searching for things. They had to be prepared all the time. Mm-hmm. They always had to have extra candles. They always had to have these torches, these different things because all the only way by which they saw at night was through this light. And so he's going, you don't hide it, and you definitely don't cover it up because the last thing you want, I mean, it's not like they don't have these little lighters. Yeah, right. So even like the start of fire, was, right. it's much more complex. So, so yeah. he's going, of course you wouldn't cover it up because it would it would, it would, would be, you know, extinguished in that. And so losing my power. You saw that. So it is pretty important to think about that and go, okay, what we see here is they have a very good understanding of yeah. the purpose and role in the application of light. So he's just telling them something that they know, but he's telling them, listen and consider that. Okay, yeah. what does this have to do with the kingdom? Where, do, where does the light? Yeah, so, so 17 and 18, that's, I feel like, my next question. Yeah. I do want to get to the identity piece in just a moment, but it says, for nothing is hidden that will not be ma- made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be, uh, be known and come to light. Take care, then, how you hear, for to one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not... Even what he thinks he has will be taken away. So, what is happening here? Like, so, yeah, so yeah. he gives this picture that everybody kind of understands. They get, we instinctively pretty much know as well. Like, okay, light is to illuminate. But what is he talking about here? What is being hidden? What is not hitting, hidden? But yeah. then also being careful how to hear. So I'm. This is I, this is why I love overtime, and I'm really glad for those of you who join in because I I. I one of the things I'll tell you is what I ended up talking about was not in my notes. Okay. Like it was like, oh, okay, Lord. Is that, yeah, okay, this is where you want me to go. Like that okay. doesn't, that's very rare. Like because yeah. I'm, I'm, I feel pretty good walking into something going, this is what I think the Lord wants to say. Yeah. And so if you were to see a picture of my notes, and maybe I'll share them somewhere so you can see them at some point. Um, it, it, it's just a mess. Like here you go. So you can kind of see it here. <laughs> see if it won't. No, 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 no. There it is, maybe. No, forget it. So it's basically just. You know, some red and black ink and yeah. just a few notes. And so people go, well, you don't use notes. Well, I do. I cheat. Every time I'm opening the scriptures, I'm reading the scriptures, and I'm also looking at the next few points right. I'm going right. to make, and then I close it and talk again. So that's why I usually 
read a verse of scripture, then talk a couple of verses because that's where I look back at my notes. So I do look at my notes and consider those things. And so I always process through all these things. I think I shared at the beginning of the happy strife, happy life, how I do that, create tension, offer some resolve, give people some vision, right? Ask the Lord what he wants to say and what he wants people to do every time. So then I kind of put it together. But before I tell you what that part that I want to remind you of, what I really feel like the Lord just goes, oh, Josh, here's it is. I go, okay, I'm open my mouth. Let's see what happens here. Not like I didn't know what I was saying. I was thinking about it, but that led. But what we really see here is they would have understood this more than we do because we hear the light and then we hear the hidden. We're going, those don't really have anything uh, to do with one another like at first glance, but they really do because they understood the way that you hide things is you keep them in the dark. Yeah. Just really, really simple. So you got... There's this hidden piece. There's this thing that comes in. And so first we go, well, what's the purpose of light? We all get this. It's to illuminate, right? Mm-hmm. It's to illuminate, to guide a path. That's that's what it is. So got to go, okay. So God is somehow, he's talking about, let's go back. Word of God is the seed. Right. Okay, so the seed is going in. Where is it going in? It is trying to penetrate something. The soil. We have yeah. come to the conclusion, and it makes sense, the soil is the heart, and the job of the seed is to get in to the soil. So how we, that's our job. Remember I told you last week, it's not about you getting rid of the rocks or you running, getting rid of the thorns. Your job, your only job in this, you are not the gardener, you are not the farmer. Your job is in this uh, you know, uh, parable, your job is the soil. So you just yeah. receive the seed. So we go, okay, he just did that. Now he's going to continue to kind of double down on that thought. So this is not a new thought. So he goes okay. straight from that. He gives the parable. And then he goes four. In other words, as I just told you about the different types of hearts that receive the different type of seeds, four, let me tell you why the purpose of the seed is. The purpose of the seed in your heart is life to illuminate. Got okay. it? So now that we understand that the purpose is still the same analogy of God wants something that's going to start really small to grow up out mm-hmm. of you. But the way that it happens is it actually penetrates the darkness. It, it goes in. And so you go, okay. Okay, so he's going. The thing is, the reason our hearts are divided, the reason they're shallow is because there's something in there Mm. already. There's something in there, and the seed has to take root. So much about, really neat about major growth. You think of like oak trees that start with little tiny acorns, right? They grow so massive that they destroy sidewalks. You can go to old colleges all over the place, and you could see these sidewalks all kind of up because this little bitty acorn, when it finally takes root, yeah. It does a lot of damage even under the surface long before it makes any kind of big movement here. So what he's saying is the light goes in and it's it's doing a lot of work yeah. underneath the surface before it comes in. So light goes in, right? And the problem is, is we don't like that light. It makes us very uncomfortable. It reveals kind of all the flaws mm. in us, right? Same reason that I'm actually I'm, I'm down like 20 pounds. And there's a very specific reason for it because most of you watch me on screen. And I'll sit and look at the stool, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, look at that belly just kind of clumped over. Why am I concerned about that? Because i got so many people looking at me, and we keep going to high definition, and we're talking about 4K. I literally, during staff meeting this morning, as we had a moment, I ordered teeth whitening strips. Dead serious. Why? Because all of a sudden, you can, some of that's coming more into focus. And so, so, there you go. That's why you should do this thing. You get all sorts of information you weren't asking for. And so, there's the whole idea of, he goes, when that light comes in, maybe your gut reaction is to hide it. But here's the thing. No, 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 no. It will not be hidden. In other words, it will be made manifest. Everything in there will be disclosed. Oh, you think it makes sense to, you know, to conceal and not confess. And the only reason you would do that is you don't understand the real damage that concealment does, right? Your body never lies. 
Like there is pain in your body as a result of not dealing with trauma and, and deception and sin in it. And so he's going, all that, all that, all that's going to be made manifest and it will all come to, guess what? Light. Oh, you're trying to hide it underneath the lamp, trying to do those things. It's all going to be made known. So if that's the case, please, 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 your initial response when you hear these words is to shut them down because you don't want that light in there. I don't want the light in there. I don't want you looking at my crooked teeth, right? I don't want you doing those things. And so all of a sudden, it just you feel so exposed. And when your activity determines your identity, that's a really significant part. Yeah, oh, gosh, yeah. the way I look, it determines my identity. How people perceive me determines my identity. And you're going to nail that. All that's going to come out. Oh, gosh. But yeah. So Jesus is going, no, no, no. That's not, the goal isn't to scare you out of it and convince you to let it in. The goal is to go, hey, let's just be honest. Yeah. It comes out. It always comes out in some way or form. Like even for us, the trauma we never dealt, dealt with as kids, it still comes out. It just yeah. comes out in the form of vomit towards our kids or our grandkids or our coworkers. It all eventually mm-hmm. comes out. What goes in comes out. So it makes sense if you could at least understand that, then it makes sense that you would figure out a way to get your house, your heart clean. So yeah. how do you do that, right? And then he says this, take care then how you hear. And what's so beautiful, and I didn't get a chance to talk about this Sunday, and that word take care, so interesting. The word literally means see something sp- physical with spiritual results. Okay, well. So the take care isn't like how we see it. Well. It literally means for something to be eliminated, illuminated, and you see it from a spiritual perspective. So he's going, as this reveals itself, you take care so you can see it, see something physical, and understand the spiritual implications of it. So it's like, ah, oh, I'm so sorry I didn't share that with you on Sunday, just because this is the moment that God is like, I really feel like you're saying, no, focus on this part here. Um, for the one who has more will be t- given, and for the yeah. one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. And I felt like the Lord was calling me out on that. Yeah. On all the times I'd say something so godly, like, I'll do whatever God tells me to if he'll just be clear. Like, if he just tells me. I'm not even asking, and I literally have said this a dozen times in my life. A dozen times in my life. I don't even care if he confirms that it will work. Like, I'm not asking him to guarantee success. I'm just asking for him to be clear, and yeah. I'll do yeah. it. And sometimes we go, well, why, God, are you not clear? And it's like, mm. is this why you're not clear? Mm. Take care then how you hear. For the one who has, okay, the way he hears, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. Yeah. Is it possible? And I think it is. Is it possible that our inability to hear more from God has to do with the times he's illuminated something in our life mm. and we've just stuck the lid on it? Yeah. So he's going, yeah, you keep waiting for new revelation, how about you do something with the last revelation I gave you? Like, go love your neighbor, or apologize, or repent, or speak life, or reconcile, whatever those things are. And so I think, I think, many of us probably right here are waiting for God's next thing when we actually didn't do the last thing. That's what I said. Hey, Christians, and I'm going to say this to you. If you're not a Christian, this is going to sound kind of judgmental, so watch it. The rest of us squirm. Yeah. In that moment, I was like, I think that's what God wants to say. I think for the majority of our folks who are listening to this, our biggest problem is that we haven't heard last time yeah. and we're waiting for the next time. So I, I feel like that hits yeah. hits hard because it's there's a responsibility there. Instead of looking for that new revelation, it's being faithful with what God has revealed. Which we all are. We right. all are. We're all seeking these prophetic right. voices that will right. tell us what's next and go... Yeah, I feel like even as as presenting scripture, yeah. like in preparing a message, there's there's almost always this desire of go, oh, I kind of want to see something yeah. in a way that I haven't, so I can communicate it in a way that maybe people haven't heard it. But I think the reality is is that even in that simple 
simplicity of what is spoken, maybe we just haven't done that. And instead of looking for that new revelation, we should just be looked to be faithful yeah. in that. So that's that's convicting. That's deep. You, one of the things you said was that the purpose of light, um, actually it was before that, you said uh, when light shines in, it's our job, or when light shines in, our job is to let it in. Yeah, so there's that Leonard Cohen. I want to say it's the song yeah. Anthem. It's a really interesting song, but it says, ring the bell, ring the bell. And so there's something about this anthem that we declare, yeah. but in it, like in the bridge or whatever, it says there's light, or there's cracks, there's cracks in everything, but that's how the light right. gets in. It was actually Anne Lamott in, I think, Traveling Mercies, or one of her books on grace, that she first like, pointed that out. I had never heard the song, so I had to go back and listen to it. But it's interesting because we are, like I just told you, trying to, you know, whiten my yeah. teeth and... All the cracks we feel like is our job to put some stucco over it or some kind, you know, some siding over it. But the weird thing is, is we're not actually dealing with the cracks. We're right. just putting a new facade over the top. And what happens there is the light doesn't come in. It's kind of like the seed. Your job is not to go get the seed. Yeah. Your job is not to get rid of all the rocks. Your job is to let the seed fill you. Your job is actually to let the light in, which is why it's really important. And probably the reason you don't do this is because it's really important that we have to pause and yeah. listen instead of just do, 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 do. That, one of the things that came up today in our staff meeting, we're going, how do we best listen to God? And I, was, mm. I kind of shared with our, our team today, it's ironic, but I've heard from God really clearly this week, yesterday specifically, because I was just exhausted. Mm. Busy weekend, funeral, other things going on, the stuff last week that had gone on, my son's basketball and coaching, just all sorts of stuff. And finally yesterday, I just just exhausted. So I'm just sitting there with my eyes closed. And it was actually my exhaustion that God was like speaking so clearly and speaking life. And it literally required me to run myself ragged so I couldn't keep myself busy. Mm. So finally that light could permeate. And so a lot of this actually is, hey, I think some of the ways by which we cover up that light, stick it underneath the bed, you know, metaphorically, is our yeah. busyness, adding more things to our calendar, looking for new things to buy, looking for new things to build instead of just letting it. So our job, our job, yep, light's going to keep coming. Our job is yeah. actually to let it go straight through the cracks and go as deep into our heart and soul as it possibly can and then let it illuminate inside of our heart and soul and start dealing with those things as that seed starts to grow and the roots start to grow and then what will happen is life and light and fruit will shine out of you and we know this we know this the purpose of fruit on a tree is not for the, the tree it's for the people enjoying it the purpose of the light when god puts it in us is actually for the people around us to be able to see so eventually that will happen but that can't happen first that is not activity first it's identity first and the reason we know this is yeah. because we see the very next passage which seems so strange in light of this unless we can actually consider that maybe what jesus is saying here which i think is the case yeah. is that he's helping us work and allow this light and seed to grow in us so we can build a firm foundation firm roots in our rootedness in our identity in christ yeah as you're talking one of the things that i was thinking in the times where i've been successful in where i feel like god has shined his light in and that i'm honest and vulnerable and, and i expose you know kind of those faults or flaws in me there's freedom in that yet every time there's light shine like there's another area of my life illuminated there's this natural desire to cover is that human nature? Like, I, I don't feel like that's just me. I feel like I've been around it's long just enough. You. <laughs> I, I feel like I've been around long enough to know that we don't, our first inclination, and maybe it's just a practice thing. Maybe this is exactly what you're saying in 18. Maybe you can get yeah. to a point where you've practiced this to where when light is 
revealing something you can share it but even as freeing as it is like there's this tendency to want to cover yeah. and hide so let's think about this and this is about love you know it's a lot of people like the apologetics approach of proving god through science which fine do what you want to i think there's some real profound things to do there my approach is definitely more sociological right mm -hmm. like watching interactions and yeah. so I believe we can understand so much about our own human psyche by going back to the very first humans. Yeah. So let's think about this. Let's think about Adam and Eve. Life yeah. was perfect and right. everything was illuminated. Right. And some right. serpent, the enemy, came and whispered and go, there's something else that you long for. There's something else. And what he actually says to them, think about this, is you can be and know like God. Yeah. What is that about? That's about identity. Yeah. They can be like God if you just eat this fruit, Right. Literally, take a different seed, take it, and they eat it, and all of a sudden their eyes are opened up. And what do they see? What everything that's illuminated. It said they realized they were naked. They yeah. were always naked, and then they I, I felt shame. So yeah. what they do? They yeah. hid. Here's the pattern: eyes are opened up, light shines at all of our flaws. Yeah. We see them, and what do we feel? It's shame. And yeah. what does the shame do? It causes us to fear and cover up right. and hide. So no, it's not just you. Yeah. It is your great, 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 great granddaddy's fault, right? Like, right. which is so interesting because even in human psychology, it's like we can blame our parents, our family of origin, our foo for so much. Well, they can blame theirs and they can blame theirs. Right. Where do we right. eventually get these first humans who light shine, God exposed yeah. their flaws and go, no, no, you're not like me. You're not holy like I am. Let me let me let that sh light yeah. shine in. Not to shame them, yeah. but for them to finally come to the conclusion how much they needed a savior. Right. They couldn't do that then. Instead, they hid and they covered up. When God confronts yeah. them, what do they do next? They blame, right? Yeah. They hide and they blame. And now we have all the explanations of everything we ever see. You hide, you cover up, and you blame. Yeah. Well, why? Because there's something about who you thought you were, who you wanted to be perceived as. Mm. There's a gap between who you actually are and who you want to be known as. Yeah. And what do you do in that gap? You hide, you blame, you cover up. And yeah. so th 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 what God's saying is when that light shines, like it shined for Adam and Eve, the, the best conclusion for them was we messed up. We have to figure it out. And we can't figure it out on our own. We can't fix ourselves. So it, should we look to the one who created us? Yeah. And so that light should expose our brokenness. Yeah. But the natural response in family is to go to your family and love, which is why this is so important, right? Like we think about it and, you know, um, I've been getting all these quotes this week from Annette Lewin. She had them on her phone, did her funeral this weekend. And um, one of her quotes, and I, I don't think I'll get it. Actually, I want to get it right because I thought, oh, that's exactly what it is. Um, give me just one second. So uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Here it goes. It's it's a quote that says this. I never want my kids so so inept, uh, to mess up and think mom's going to kill me. I want their first thought to be I need to call my mom, hmm. right? Which just is indicative of of the type of mother she yeah. was. But that's a good, solid, strong mom who yeah. has helped their kids firmly root their identity in Christ and not their activity. Yeah. And so, but we think about that. Like, and there's a lot of those memes passing around the Christian ones that go, I don't need to think, oh gosh, dad's going to kill me. I need to call my dad, right? Yeah. And so there's something about our response to light of just coming to grips with, yep, it got in. It exposed a bunch of mess in me and I got to call my dad. Yeah. I got to yeah. go to him as the one who can, who can solve this for me. And I'm talking about Heavenly Father. Because yeah. the reason I'm calling him Heavenly Father is because Jesus is showing us in just a second how he becomes our big brother. Yeah. 
So it's a natural, it's a natural progression that leads us to this family moment, but it's easy to miss as what in the world's going on. So, yeah, I feel like I could park on this for a long time because I feel like this is what God is communicating to me. Like yeah. verse 18 of being faithful in the areas that he's already illuminated, like do that. And that's the first step. So I feel like this is a great conversation. I would encourage you, if you have any questions regarding this, you can email us even for next week. Please do, yeah. Um, you, if you're viewing live, which it looks like we have several people doing that, you can let us know in the chat. If well. you're in the online yeah. chat, we're not we're not monitoring the Facebook one, just so yes, you know. Yes, we, we yeah. don't monitor the Facebook one. So I do want to kind of get into the identity piece of this. So uh, you talked about, you know, a lot of times it's our identity that... Our activity determines our identity. Our activity determines yeah. our identity, but it's our identity that should act determine our activity so as we get into that and as we go into verse 19 you've kind of already talked about this how how do we see this identity playing out in verse 19 oh we got to see it as exactly the way it feels for us yeah like it this is this seems so offensive yeah so offensive right you don't mess with your mama you don't disrespect your mama particularly mary who literally had her reputation destroyed and she held her line going nope he was conceived of the Holy Spirit. Right. Right. And so this is a lady who loved her boy well and made multiple sacrifices, you know, with stretch marks, with things to her body, and even even to her reputation. Right. Everything about her identity was pretty much destroyed yeah. because this That's man right. entered the world. Jesus entered the world as a man through her. Yeah. So when you see that from any category, as a Christian, as a non-Christian, as a religious person, as a non-religious people, we know we don't mess with our mama and you don't talk about, maybe you can talk about your mama, but no one else can talk about their mama, right? And so in this, when these folks come and it is so crowded, you got to see this, they're, it kind of indicates and illuminates just how much people were seeking and searching something different, yeah. right? That's never changed because then, now, no matter where we're at in the line, when we allow light to start to enter ourselves, we start to realize there is something missing. There is a gap that needs to be filled, and we have not found the thing to fill it, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of people going, is this the guy? Now, they had all sorts of weird expectations of him, how he plays out politically as a you know a warrior king, all those kind of things. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of people there to the point that it's very clear to us and communicated that they could not reach him because right. of the crowd. They cannot get to him. They cannot get to him. They do not have access to him, which there's so much I could say about that, and you know, I'll listen. To, I'll see some some mega church pastors be like, "See, you want access to me, but here it is." And I'm like, ah, "That's not. I don't think that's what we're talking about here. I think there's something like this isn't that Jesus never gave access to his mom or brother, or he didn't <laughs> love them or care about them. So this isn't him being rude. But at first glance, it looks that way. And all yeah. the people listening would have thought the same thing. Yeah. So it is. It is what it seems. Your gut reaction would have been both timeless and timely. Okay, there's a crowd. They can't get to them. Then the next right step is Jesus needs to move heaven and earth to get his mama to him. Yeah. That's what you would think. Yeah. So let me just read that too, yeah. just in case you missed it or forgot since Sunday. It says, um, then, uh, then his mother and his brother came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. Verse 20, and when he was told, your mother and your brother are standing outside desiring to see you. Verse 21, but he answered them, my mother and brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. And that's where it ends. Yeah. Like it just—it doesn't say. And then Jesus went, yeah. and then, or he said, "Hey, I, I do love my mom and my brothers." But yeah, we're, I'm going over there later tonight. Like, yeah, I yeah. would say something like that. But then I, I'll uh, see you later. Like yeah. I, I can't get to you right now. But nope, I don't know those people. You know, like that would have done those things. 
just that like but he's not being funny here yeah like this isn't a yeah. this isn't a punchline and so you can imagine for those disciples going okay what did i just hear yeah right so you hear about it then you think about it so let's think about yeah. that so right. he what you hear in this moment is jesus says my mother and brother are the ones that hear my words and does them yeah so is he saying in that moment what do you think is he saying that's not his mother and brother I, I gosh, I, at this point, he I feel like he's just making the point of going, if you want to be in my family, you've got to do the very things like who hear the word of God and do it. So let's think about that then. So I don't know. I don't want to say if his mom and brother weren't like. Yeah, I mean, did he consider him part of the family? <laughs> I guess the answer is if he if they did the word of God, like listened and did it. You see how much tension there is there going. Yeah. What? Like this is so significant, and boy, I, like yeah. I, I really do want to honor time on Sundays and figure out how to make this, you know, a, a bite-sized chunk that we can yeah. hear and think about, right? But I mean, honestly, there's so much here yeah. that, that I thought, oh, we could just camp here about the understanding of family. So what Jesus is doing here is he is redefining family. This is so important. Yeah. This is so important. The reason being is let's go back to the beginning. God establishes man and woman. The first institution he establishes is marriage, which is why we have to be so committed to God's plan in marriage. Not because marriage wasn't just to make us happy, wasn't to give us pleasure for sex or whatever else, right? It wasn't just to complete us. It wasn't even, first and foremost, for procreation, pleasure and, you know, um, you know, complimentary. Uh, complementarian in terms of complementing each other and also for procreation all the case but the number one goal of marriage was unity unity two distinctly different people coming together for the sake of unity and the reason that matters you can't have unity from sameness so it's different distinct coming together for marriage for unity and the reason this is so important is because Jesus is going to book in that story at the end with what it's like to come in to union with mm -hmm. him forever. And it's the marriage between the bridegroom, Jesus himself, yeah. and us being the bride. So there's something so significant to God about family. It's the first thing he establishes in, in marriage. Yeah. And then the second thing, you get marriage, and then you got family. So we know human growth and development happens within the family, or it should. If you want my opinion, and I'm going to share it, you can, can close your ears, I guess, about what is so terrible about our current culture, and I would wholeheartedly say something's happened to the family. Hmm. The deconstruction of the family has affected our culture in significant, significant ways and affected everything about the church, right? You can actually go look back at Europe, and you can kind of chronicle when the family gets deconstructed, when marriages start ending and the decline of the church, and they don't know which is the cause and which is the effect. Mm -hmm. Was it the church stopped supporting and leading families and so they fell apart, or then when the families fell apart, they walked away from the church? Mm -hmm. Don't know the answers to those things, but we're seeing it here right now, both in mm -hmm. what's going on with the family and with church com commitment and connection and all those kind of things. And so the family has been deconstructed and our culture is being deconstructed, right? All those things mm -hmm. are happening right before our eyes. It's been a slow, 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 arduous kind of climb and then all of our, you know, steady little down the cliff and we just got a cliff and it just feels like over the last mm -hmm. couple of years, 
years or the last couple months, uh, there's just been this like deep, quick fall. And so you go, so much of this, you can go back to it. I know this might be offensive, but it's still true. And so be careful how we hear these things, right? So he establishes the family. The family gets out of order. Cain and Abel, one of them murders the other. And from that point forward, the, the family's a mess. So then you see government come in. You get kingdoms. They don't fix the problem. So family... And marriage and family, then, you know, there's all these different, you know, institutions that come in to try to, you know, nations, all kinds of, you know, they're not fixing anything, right? You've got this family of tribes, and they're upset with each other and all this stuff. So you just have the, the broken family breaking into nations and governments, right? Mm-hmm. So how does God plan on resolving all those things? Well, Jesus steps in, he establishes another, another institution, the church. But before he establishes the church... He's actually going to speak about the family. So it's so important that you see this, that he is actually going to reframe what family is. But he's going to reframe what family is in light of what the church is. Yeah. So what he's saying here is, hey, I have a plan for families. And the way that families are going to, to be resolved and people are going to have community and be loved and cared for is that families are going to have a new category. It's not going to be bloodlines of your blood it's going to be blood covering of my blood yeah right and so that's what he's going to establish which is so like so go read all the sociologists who are, who are kind of watching this and you can see where the enemy's attacking this all these different things and you go okay what's god going to do the same thing he was always going to do the same thing he did in the first century with a very pagan culture where families were a mess right the same thing he does there he's going to establish familial connections through his blood, yeah. his light, his seed, right? Yeah. And so we see that happening here, so so important. And so what Jesus is doing, so much more than just this, oh, no, he's saying something that would be astonishing because what creates tension gets your attention. So they have his attention, and he's going, no, no, no. There's a different, there's a different family unit now. Yeah. And the ones that are in the family, the ones that are in my family, which is what all you want to be, that's why you're following, the yeah. ones that are in my family are those who hear my words, Here's the word of God and then does it. So yeah. at first glance, it seems really disrespectful to his mom and brother. That's not his objective. Right, right. But it could be received that way by them, yeah. depending on whether or not they were hearing the word of God and doing it. Yeah. If they were hearing the word of God and doing it, they fully understand this and go, amen, yeah, son, right, amen, right. brother, right? But if they weren't, this would have been deeply offensive. Yeah. How dare him say these things? But for those closest, those closest in that moment, yeah. That was a deep, affirming statement. He was, for those hearing, telling them how their identity can be rooted back in the family of God. You want to be in the family of God? You just got to hear the word and then do it. Which means we got to go back to the number one responsibility we have right now is to hear these things and think about them. Think about them. And then as that gets rooted in us, that we really are children of God, right? And this changes how our church should operate. I want to make sure on time that I don't go too far. Because, like, there's a difference between staying at a hotel and staying at mama's house, right? Like, your role or difference between eating at a restaurant and eating over a Thanksgiving meal. I certainly hope, and I'm saying this, and I'm I'm, I'm so judgy here, and I'm actually the last one to judge. I'm talking to myself, that when you're eating a meal with your family, 
right? That everybody is feeling the burden of cleaning up and passing the plate. And, hey, while you're up, would you grab me a drink? No, wait for someone else. No, you don't say that. You get it. Like, hey, to people doing dishes, rolling up sleeves, yeah. doing all those things. Everybody's bringing dishes over, right? Like, right. It's, it's very different in the family than in the restaurant. Yeah. And what we've done is we've nailed and scaled the church mm-hmm. to a place where we treat it like a cruise ship and a restaurant mm-hmm. and a hotel as opposed to the family. So this has all sorts of implications of how we view each other and how we view the mission of the gospel to be sent. As family members, we all own it and don't look for someone else to clean the dishes. Don't look for someone else to make all the food. And so he's establishing something here that our bend is always to go back to the the way that's most comfortable and easy for us Mm. and hiding in in the background. And just candidly, since I'm speaking so forthright here, Many of us want our church experience to be covered underneath the bed, yeah. right? We sneak into the balcony, we come into the pew, we log in online or whatever it is. And I'm not judging you for it. I have no idea what your experience is. My guess in some of that is there is something about some past experiences that kind of drive some of those things and completely yeah. get it. But there's something about light shining and you hear in the word of God, joining in with your family to go and do it. So he's going, you want to be in my family? Yeah. Here's how it happens. You let this light shine in, and then you go and do those things. So all the stuff I would have covered on Sunday didn't get to. So here's the bonus material. Thanks for joining in this because I yeah. do think, I do think it is very important. But again, just remember, it all starts first. The seed is the Word of God. we got to hear this. None of this happens if you're not actually hearing this. So yeah. if you just kind of close me off and go, I don't want to hear that. That's not true. Whatever it is, or when we read the Scriptures, you just shut it down then we we got to open those those gates back up in some way. we got to crack those windows and let some of that fresh air in and allow it to start going into our lungs. Yeah, that's good. There's there's a lot there. Um, I do want to kind of switch gears just in the last few minutes that we yeah. have. Uh, there was a question that somebody had posed um, specifically about last week's text. Um, in Luke 8, um, 11 through 15, uh, the question is, is, it puzzles me about Jesus explaining the parables about the seed and where it falls. Is this parable talking about how we live or talking about when we meet Jesus and this is our final judgment? Uh, Continuing on, it says, if this is talking about how we live, um, are those um, who are other than where the seed has fallen on good soil able to change or are those destined to not hear the word, not retain it, not preserving or persevering and not able to produce a crop? Yeah, so great question. I think I'm understanding it correctly. Is this um, a declaration of things to come? Yeah. Like, is this is this a judgment? Is this the final judgment? Here's what it looks like. Right. A lot of these seeds are going to get ripped out. And I would say yes and no. Um, it's a promise. It's a promise for sure. Yeah. Jesus is giving us a promise of the way that things will be in our life. He is telling us how things can play out. He is basically, so if you imagine something like Ebenezer Scrooge and, you know, the, whatever, the Christmas Carol, where they come in and they see these pictures of the way that things are yeah. going to play out, I, I think there's a way to look at this and go, choose your door, mm-hmm. right? And I, I, I get in trouble with some of our reform friends and people in our church that go, well, you don't have any choice. I'm like, yeah, you do. Because right now you have a choice to listen to this. Now, maybe the Holy Spirit's guiding that. Praise Jesus for it. And he gets all the credit for all the good in our life. 
but right now you do have the ability to choose whether or not you listen to this. You do have the ability to choose whether or not you open up the scriptures and go, God, would you speak to me through his scriptures, right? So in that, I think one way to see this is you're kind of choosing your own adventure, yeah. right? You know, remember those old books of A, B, C, R, D. And so what kind of soil do you want to be? Or how do you want to let the seed in? So the, the big piece of this is it actually tells us in Romans that we read last week that everybody will have light shine on them. Light will shine. Seed will fall. So even if you read this scripture, he actually, one of the things we understand is the seed is scattered everywhere, which if you hear it like a farmer, you go, that's a real poor stewardship of seed. Right, but if you have unlimited seed, you can do whatever you want to with it, right? And so, so what we understand is, no one will, no one will not have seed come towards them. No one will not have the word of Christ and His light shine at them. Maybe they won't be in the right, in the the words that we would think. Maybe it won't be in the way preacher church, but everyone, according to the book of what Jesus says there, and, and the book of Romans chapter ten, literally says this is this. Everyone gets this, right? So, therefore, we can come to the conclusion that everybody gets this. So, therefore, the only difference between the four categories is how it is received and how it takes root. So, what kind of soil do you want to be? Do you want to have a hard heart? Do you want to be so stubborn that when this stuff comes, you just discount and go, that's not it. Like, I literally was hearing a a pundit yesterday talk about, my God doesn't judge, which sounds really, really nice. Except when you open up the scriptures and go, <laughs> it's filled with judgment. Yeah. And so we cannot like that. It can make us squeam. Yeah. Just like, I can't believe Jesus said that his family is those other people and not his actually family. Right. It can make right. us uncomfortable. The scriptures should. But it, we to sit on a throne and declare it as true or false based on how, it, how we feel about it is really, really dangerous. And so, and, and inappropriate. Not just dangerous, but inappropriate. And so... The neat thing about this is God is telling you he is going to send his seed to you. He's going to let his light shine. And the ones who receive it are the ones who hear this. So be careful then how you hear these things, right? That Take care how you hear it. For the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. So all of this is a choice on how we receive God's word. So we've got to hear about it. So uh, it's a promise. It's also a judgment, and it will come true for a lot of people in our world. And the reason it will come true is because a lot of the people in our world will decide to discount God, discount his word, discount his kingdom, and say, I want my own kingdom, right? And I tell you all the time, people who spend their whole life telling God they want nothing to do with him, want nothing to do with his kingdom, they will eventually get their wish. They will be devoured by the enemy or they will be choked out by the weeds i mean that is they will not take deep root and when storms come they will be uprooted mm. and all that is a response to how we hear these words mm. think about them and then speak about them and then bring about them and so yeah long answer to i think this is more a warning and a promise and a hope and a concern for every single person who happens to hear these words yeah. so those the one asking the question yep it, it it's all the above but it is with hope offered yeah well I do want to thank you for sending in that question as always if you have questions over time at clcfamily.church 
Um, is there anything in closing that you wanted to cover from this past week or something that you wanted to mention as we kind of wrap up? Yeah, I think that I just um, want to just highlight real quick as we wrap up how this all gets initiated, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you live in the kingdom of God? And I know yeah. you're going to keep hearing about this, hear about it, think about it, speak about it, bring about it. But I just want to read verse 9, Romans 10, 9, one more time and just offer you a challenge as we wrap up. And so this is where it says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So you got to believe something. You really got to go, God, I've heard these words now. There's a ton of evidence. Go back to the first century and the greatest movement. Even the biggest critics of the gospel movement will point and say something had to happen in that first century for those people to be willing to give up their lives. Something had to happen for Jesus' brothers to declare he is Lord. So by the way, they all get in because they hear his words and do it, right? right. Something had to happen. And so what we got to start with as you hear this, could your heart be open to the idea that Jesus literally died, covered you with his blood, and was raised from the dead. You see this, the resurrection piece is so important because if he's not resurrected, none of this makes sense. The scriptures are untrue and we have no way to get back into the kingdom of God post-death because the only way we get it is Christ in us. The same way that he was rose from the dead, he rose from the dead, he then implants that resurrection power in us so that we too can do that. So do you actually believe that? I know it goes, I don't know that I can believe it. I'm going, that's a really good place to start. God, would you help firm up that belief with me? And then, then, as you hear that and think about it, you have a response, and it's to confess Jesus as Lord. So have you thought about it? Have you considered all those things? Have you come to the conclusion that you believe that he was raised from the dead? Then your natural response is to call him Lord, and I just want to make sure you understand what you're saying when you're saying those words. You say them. You say them out loud, and you say them with your life, and you say them around. You you believe those things. Lord literally means boss. Mm. Which one of the complicated parts is that means you're now committed to all the hearing and doing of Jesus' words, not just the one that saved you. So there is this first one, you believe he raised from the dead. But when you say Jesus is Lord, that means everything else in here, I am choosing to trust and follow and obey. So that declaration is not a once you got it. It's there now as a new way by which you operate and live with more light shining in dealing with the brokenness of it, asking the Lord to forgive us for those things and continue. Like you have another another place, or in, and James says, if you confess with your mouth, if you confess uh, that you will be forgiven, right? And you are forgiven. So there's something about this constant declaration of these beliefs that you have. So let's start with actually believing it. And then let's take seriously the first declaration we're supposed to make, which is Jesus is Lord. And here's the beauty of it. You'll mess up. I mess up. We all mess up which is why he gave us the best, best incubator to work through all this, which is why he said, anybody who hears this and does this is in my family, which means come join the family. Let's stumble through this together and continue to ask God to to nurture our souls and grow this great oak or this great tree with beautiful fruit that will be offered to our community and our world and enjoy that. So believe with your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You got those two things, then we got a real good start and real good preparation to be sent in just about three to four weeks. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Again, we really hope that this challenges and encourages you. As always, if you have questions, you can email us at overtime at clcfamily.church or simply text us. Uh, the You can text whatever question you have to 610-869-2140. We'd love to hear from you. And as always, thanks for joining us and we hope that you have a great week.